Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another Scale Riders podcast episode covering model car culture from around the world. I am your host, 65 Lokes, celebrating two years as ScaleRiders.com online hobby store. Man, it's crazy. Two years have gone by. But besides that, I'm excited for tonight's guest, Mike North, all the way from Boise, Idaho. Excited for this one. Northwind Customs 208 on Instagram. If you guys want to check out his work, make sure you check him out right there. He does some amazing stuff. We're going to get to know Mike, know his history, and just, you know, process with building. Does such amazing work. So let's just go right ahead and get right into this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hello. Hey, what's up, Mike? How you doing? Doing great. And yourself? I'm doing well, man. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor. Awesome, man. Dude, I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, just from seeing like your work on Instagram, I'm like, dude, Mike's like dope. I, why haven't I had him on? Like, you know, it, I, I trip out. Like, it all this time has passed, and I've been seeing your stuff, and I'm just like, dude, we we definitely got to talk. Uh, I'm. It's probably because I'm a little bit antisocial, and <laughs> it's been a been a hard thing to break out of the shell and actually. Right on. Share my experiences and and my my building with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. No man, I mean, it's all good. So I mean, the platform's here, and you know, there's a lot of things I want to get right into. And um, first of all, you know, I noticed on um, like your latest post on Instagram, uh, you've been showcasing some uh, like three D printed, um, like car like cars and parts. Tell tell us about that. Are you like printing this at home? Yes. Yes. I have I have four printers in my in my hobby room. Wow, and and what's your impression and your thoughts on like three D printing now? It's really really cool, and it's a a really cool tool to embrace and really make some really cool uh, builds out of it. Where you know, fifteen years ago or twenty years ago, everything was scratch built or resin cast you can get such a finer detail with the 3d printer. And it's, it's just a tool that I really have come to really, really enjoy. Um, the, the silver car that I've been working on the, the belly tanker, that's one that I did design. Um, the engine is not my design and the seat is not my design. It's actually part of a build off. Um, but the whole rest of the car, I, I did the CAD work on and then I printed it and you can make something with a 3d printer in a matter of hours that would take you months upon months upon months to scratch build. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, I like what you said about embracing, you know, embrace, embracing this technology. It makes me think about, you know, going back when model building and people started to scratch build and resin casting, I, I could imagine the resin casting at that time, could have been you know was something like revolutionary like changing the game exactly 100 percent changing the game where you could you didn't have to buy three different kits to be able to get enough parts to put the one car that you have in your vision together you can do it with just one now man it's crazy and then now i mean i, I feel like when the when the 3d 
printing was being introduced to modelers, like people were starting to, you know, get their printers and, and start messing with, you know, with the apps and, and everything with the programming. I feel like, you know, a, a lot of people definitely did embrace it and, and jumped in very eager, wanting to learn. Um, and, and now you're starting to see, you know, within the last like couple years of, of people doing their homework and, and, you know, helping each other, asking questions to the point where it's at now. Now we're consistently seeing a lot of stuff being printed all the time. I, I have... I have three cars now that I'm currently working on that are 100% 3D printed. There's no, no uh, plastic parts in them. Wow. And to, to make something that they never made, they've never, uh, the, the two pictures that I posted on there are of Ariel Adams and it's a track car in England and they are super popular and they've started to come over to the U S now, but they've never made a kit for it. Um, this belly tanker that I have, they, I bought a uh, vacuum formed kit for one and I never really liked how it fit and worked. And well, I, I have the ability, I can design it, I can print it, I can make exactly what I want. Now. Man, that's crazy. And as far as like 3D printing, um, when, when you started getting into it, uh, did you get it right away as far as like the design aspect, you know, using the software? Um, it was, it was a hard road. Um, so I opened Northwind Customs and I, that's actually when my Instagram presence started is, so I have my, my Facebook profile, which is my own name. And then I have Instagram, which is was supposed to just be the business basically. And I started it December of 2019. And I felt that I started it at exactly the right time. And I felt I closed at the, the right time too. Um, it helped me through the, the months that we were locked down. It gave me a huge project to learn how to design with the lockdowns. I had a lot of extra time. I had a lot of extra thought and I could just sit there and, and make stuff work. I was lucky enough that I was an essential employee. So I did go to work every week and that was really, really good for me. Um, but I self-taught myself design. I'm a, I'm a car mechanic by trade. I, I look at front ends and brakes and, and uh, fronts of engines and stuff like that all day. And it just kind of transferred over and it was, it was very seamless for me, but I'm also the guy that eats, sleeps and breathes cars, whether they be full size or little cars. Oh man, that's, that's dope. That's cool. So yeah, like, you know, I, I could see how that being like a really good benefit of staying, you know, busy, keeping the mind busy, wanting to learn something new and just, you know, going through those challenges up to the point where you're at now. Now, um, you know, t tell us about your business. Um, what is it that you offer uh, for the listeners? Um, so I offer basically 3D printing services uh, more when I feel like it than anything else because I want to build. And that was the trade-off. Uh, I had the business open for two years. It was always profitable. It always worked. Um, but I wanted to build again. And I wanted to build my projects, and I'm glad that I made that that choice and that decision. 
I still have some projects that I do. I have a uh, lowered frame that fits underneath the 125th short bed pickups that uh, that one is, it's always popular and uh, I do provide those. Um, I'm on the fence on whether I want to provide the, the bomber, but uh, we'll see how, how things go when, when that project uh, finalizes. And, and as far as like your, uh, your workspace, do you keep your bench and everything together along with your uh, printers in the same room or do you kind of have it in different areas? So um, when I started 3D printing, um, everybody told me that the smell was going to drive me crazy. I'm in a lot more caustic chemicals and smells at work. It didn't bother me one bit. I have them in the same room. I have my, my workbench on one wall. And I have a, a gaming chair actually that my resin bench is on the other wall and I just swivel from bench to bench basically. Oh, nice. How, how are those chairs? Are they pretty comfortable? Those gaming chairs? Um, I bought the cheaper one and I realized why it's cheaper, but uh, it's not bad. I think I paid... I think I paid like $150 for this chair and it's good. It's comfortable. It fits me, um, which I'm tall and lanky and it's hard to find a chair that fits me. Um, but it's, it, it was a good investment. Nice. Yeah. I still, I, I'm still looking for a chair. Um, I have just recently, one of my friends was telling me like, yo, check out this chair that uh, he saw on Instagram recently. I guess, you know, some people that use it. I'll, I'll send you a link so you can check it out too. I just can't remember okay. the, the name the name of that brand, but um, but it, I don't know. I, I I feel like I need to find like something more more comfortable than what I'm currently using right now. Being comfortable is a really important part in it. It really is. Yeah, no, yeah, because I mean that chair sometimes it, it could you could be sitting on it and then you know within half an hour your back's already giving out. Like it, it's just tiring. Exactly. Um, my wife has a problem where she works at a computer all day, so she doesn't want to sit in uh, her gaming chair when she gets home for obvious reasons. Where I stand all day, it's kind of nice to actually sit down every once in a while. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, dude. Because, yeah, man, it, it just, I feel like it's, a lot of the times that prevents from building, you know, not, not feeling that comfortable on there. Exactly. Exactly. Not feeling comfortable. I mean, and anything can do it. The house too hot, the house too cold. There's lots of things that can, can affect that, but being able to, to be comfortable really gives you the, the proper mindset to get really creative. Yeah. And, and as far as like your workflow, you know, like you have your job, but then once that, that's all said and done, uh, are you, you know, like is the first thing you kind of do when you get to your bench, right? Like right away, continue on a build or are you are you kind of in the mood of like let me mess with some 3D printing files? Um, I play with files and build at the same time. Um, if I'm if I'm actively designing stuff, then I clear my my uh, projects away from my desk, and I that's my focus at that point. But if I'm just running prints on the printer, then no, I, I'll pop a print in. I'll start working a couple hours later, pull the print off and uh, put another one on. 
Nice. Did you ever have issues in the beginning with like when you would print the file and get the the product that you know it would be like either soft or kind of sticky? Um, that was a really bad time, especially just as the lockdown hit. Um, the supply of isopropyl alcohol, which is what I use to clean mine with, went away Ooh. because it was all becoming hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. So it was really difficult. And there were some prints that, that, I mean, I, even I put out some prints that I was not happy with how clean they were, but it had been through the cleaner like three times and it still wasn't there yet just because there was nothing to do with it. And you can't just wash it with water. It has to, has to have that stripping agent of the alcohol in it. Um, that was really difficult. And at that point in time, I did slow production and I transferred more stuff onto a filament printer, which doesn't have the same clarity, but it got products in people's hands. Mm-hmm. Man, that's interesting. Cause like, that's something I don't hear people talk about. Like what you said, you know, like the supply of it not being available at the time. But I mean, now, I mean, now for sure, I bet you, you could find it. Uh, it's it's gone back uh, to available now. Um, mm-hmm. It's like triple the price of what it was, but mm-hmm. um, but you can at least buy it where before you couldn't. So prior to the the lockdown, I was buying uh, like a, I think it's a sixteen ounce bottle of isopropyl alcohol for like four dollars. Uh, during the lockdown. I had to buy a gallon of it and I paid like $95 for the gallon of it. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was bad. I tried like three different other ways to clean the resin. I tried degreasers. I tried simple, uh, simple green. They said that that was supposed to work that I, it did not work for me. It may work for some people, but it did not work for me. And then, uh, supply started to come back in and I got a lot more savvy with going to the, the um, Walgreens or the CVS or the grocery stores where I would get the alcohol. Instead of going on my way home, I would make sure that I was the first person there in the morning. They had two bottles set up for the day and you can buy a maximum of two. So I, I stocked up that way, just buying smarter than uh i was before mm-hmm. oh nice yeah i'm off i'm imagining you like pulling up all right i'm here cool get the two all right let's get out uh that's that's <laughs> pretty much the way that the way that it went you went you went in the store and uh, this albertson's which is my grocery store that's right down the corner of my house but they're open before i go to work and they stopped at like I think they said they stopped at six o'clock in the morning. So I leave for work at seven. I left 15 minutes early, go in and it is the farthest corner from the door <laughs> is where the, where the stuff is at. So you are just beeline with a, a quick walk to, to get there. You get your stuff, you get out and go to work and uh, come home and then I can print some more. Yeah. That's tight. And, um, you know, t- tell us about, I want to know your history. You know, I want to know when like, you got exposed to model building, you know, uh, were you, you know, were you a kid or as an adult? I want to know it all from the beginning. Okay. Um, 
I actually have my first kid, the, the very first one still. I was six years old when uh, me and my dad, we did it together. Um, he built models in the 70s when he was a kid. I'm a, the, I'm a kid of the very early 80s. And in 1986 is when uh, this one model kit came out. It had, it's uh, called Diamond in the Rough. It's got a 53 Ford pickup, a trailer, and a 40 Ford car that is all beat up. And it's the only time that they've issued that kit. I don't have the truck or the trailer, but I have that car that me and my dad built back then. Probably nine or 10, I was on to doing my own models. Didn't, uh, didn't have any, any help at that point in time. Uh, spray painting on the, the back patio, which uh, didn't ever really end up well, but <laughs> it got done. Um, I quickly learned to love the idea of kit bashing and get as many kits as I can. And then I'd build all sorts of weird stuff out of it, which was, it was really a lot of fun and it was a good creative thing to grow up with. Um, I didn't do sports when I was a kid. I had a really hard time breathing when I was younger. So sports was kind of a, a no-go. So I would build models, go to school, build models. And on the weekends, I would go out and uh, my dad would go out through the country where we lived and would find old like two-ton trucks and farm equipment and stuff like that and sell it off as scrap go and talk to the to the farmer and basically we'll we'll take care of this uh this old truck that you got and i did a lot of that when i was a kid and learned a, a huge love for old trucks oh, that's awesome. um and i kind of kept that that part going on um then we then i graduate I move a thousand miles south of of where I grew up. Um, I I am in Idaho, by the way. I I am one of the weird potato people, I guess you would call it. And as far as um, you know, going back to the building as a kid, did you have any friends yep. that were also building too, or or no? Or was it just you by you yourself? Know, growing up in the in the early '80s and '90s in Idaho, that's kind of something that everybody did. I mean, it, model shops were a, a thing back then. And that was also during the time that Walmart had all of their kits. So kits were readily available. They were all over the place. And uh, my best friend just down the street, we would, uh, he built models, I built models. Um, I mean, there were a couple that ended with firecrackers and stuff like that. <laughs> but um, most of them I ended up... Uh, Ended up keeping. I bet they uh, they bring a lot of memories when you when you look at them. They probably take you back. Uh, there's a little bit of that, and then there's a lot of what was I thinking? <laughs> uh huh. Why did I put Why did I put this together this way? This doesn't make any logical sense to me at all. But they're kind of cool. Mm hmm. And do you trip out on, like, so far what you know now compared to, like, back then in those early stages of what you were doing? 
you know, I was pretty confident in my skills when I was a kid. Um, it was probably uh, not quite the skills that I should have thought that I had. Um, I wish that I knew then what I know now. Yeah. Did, were you uh, even primary in your cars or not, or not even that? Uh, sometimes, sometimes they got paint. Sometimes they didn't get paint. It all depended on how fast I wanted to build it on, on how much of a need it was to get this thing done. Yeah. I, I still remember like just putting models down on a, on a, on top of a cardboard box and just yep. spraying them. Half a can of paint. Half a can of paint. <laughs> yep. I uh, go back about three days later and it's still kind of wet. <laughs> yeah. Not really being fully like dry, just leaving it there on the sun. Yep. Yep. I've done that. I painted on the snow. That was an interesting one. Oh man. That that would that took a long time to dissipate. Mm -hmm. We had a red snowbank for probably two or three weeks. That's crazy. And you know, as far as uh like the the types of cars and models that you built. You know, what are like your, what's like your favorite style or genre of cars? Uh, currently or when I was a kid? When you were a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, 50s and 60s. That was the 50s and 60s, uh, more like stockish stuff than anything else. Just classic cars. Um, but, I mean, that was kind of the same thing my dad was into, so I just kind of followed suit. And uh, it was... That was that was the majority of it, and a, a lot of pickup stuff. Pickups are big. Mm -hmm. now, and and now as an adult, uh, I'm an import guy. Nice. Yeah, one hundred percent import guy. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to bring up uh, that NSX trio build off um, that you guys yes. did with uh, with yes. Brandon and Scott. And, yes. you know, I, I talking with Brandon a while back, um, some, you know, earlier this year, he was uh, telling me about this, that you guys were going to, you know, get this going and everything. And then just seeing that progression in the post uh, regarding that. And then, you know, just seeing how it was all coming together. Um, tell us about that experience, about that build off. It is so much fun. The, the duo trio build offs that me and Brandon do. Um, we've done three of them now. Yeah, because we did one with just the two of us, and we did Integras. Uh, then we did a concept truck. Then we did a Civic and Integra one again, then the NSX, and now we're back into another Integra build-off. But it, it, they are so much fun. It is, it is the highlight of of fun that can be had yeah when, when you're doing a build-off um like is it hard for you to ever you know like as far as delivering you know with the time frame that you get um it can be it can be um so for me i've got a a different perspective with build-offs for for when i build something in the build off i focus on one part of the car and try to make it epic 
the rest of the car will kind of come together, but I don't worry myself too much about it. So if I'm, if I'm focusing on the interior on say this next build off, then I'm just going to let the body go the way that it goes. I'm going to let the suspension go the way that it goes and not focus too much on that part of it. And then the next build off you go into, you switch it up and you go to another part of it. So that when you're done after a year or a year and a half of doing build offs in that method, you've got a whole car that the quality is super, super good. And you're just improving tiny little things to make them that much better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there. I like what you said right there with that concept of just like focusing on, on like a specific area per build. Exactly. And then, then that time frame isn't so bad because you've got two months that you're basically working on an interior. Or let's, let's take that back. You've got a month and a half that you're working on the interior and you've got two weeks that you built the rest of the car. And then it really gives you that time to hone in on those skills and really put por- put forth the best product that you can. Yeah. And when you're doing your build, are you already visually seeing the end game, like the end part of how it's going to come out as far as like the color that you want on that body, the wheels that you're going to go with? Um, or Or do you just kind of, do a mock-up, but then you're still kind of like brainstorming as you're going through it. Like, man, I'm not sure really what color to paint this car. Um, Colors, I can go either way with on any build at any point in time. The color just speaks to me as it goes through. But if I don't have a vision for the way that the car is going to look when I get done, um, I 99% of the time it won't finish. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will lose I will lose my steam in it if I if I can't nail down the whole vision of it the the stance of it the wheels tires and the the engine and stuff like that um, that's a, a fail point for me that uh, I just I can't get past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. That the the blue NSX. The one you did, um, is the wide body, is that, are those 3D printed parts that you made? They are. Uh, I didn't design them, but I did print them. Those are mm. uh, files by Black Box. Mm, dude, it looks so dope. I was like staring at that for a while. And I was like, yeah. man, I, I, I don't know. I just, I love looking at wide body cars. Uh, wide body the world. That's, that's <laughs> the model I'm at right now. Yeah. That's cool. Do you ever um, like put rivets on, on the white in the white body? Um, I haven't as of yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had a hard time with photo etch. I can't really get a good grasp on it to where I'm successful with it. Um, so I've used panel line and uh, tooth uh, tooth uh, pick with a little bit of paint to to do that. But I, I've had a hard time with that. That's something that is, uh, photo etch is something I need to uh, work more into. I just got to have the right kits to uh, make that work in, in build-offs or doing it for myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with the, uh, the photo etch. It can be challenging, uh, you know, with, with my friend Slowly Models. We talk 
about that before where we're kind of like, oh, this is such a cool kit. And then when we talk about, oh, look, they also offer photo etch, but the pieces in that ki photo etch kit could be more than 20 little pieces in there. <laughs> and we're like, oh, man, <laughs> like that, that seems a bit kind of intimidating just because there's so many like parts. But then, you know, once you kind of, you know, mess with it a little on certain areas, you see those enhancements. You're like, dude, this does look pretty cool, though. You know, but exactly. it's but it's all like exactly. baby steps. You know, I'm still like little baby steps, like towards the uh, the photo etch stuff. Exactly, I did photo etch in the uh, rally Subaru that I did. It had a photo etch in the box, and I don't know whether it actually came in the kit or whether it was added into it. But I bought the I bought the kit used. It was fresh, but it was used, and it had photo etch in it. It had die cast wheels in it to match the actual correct ones for one rally. Um, I didn't use those, but I did use the photo etch in it. And the stomp grates for where your feet go, I love the way they went in. They, they added so much to the interior. And I spent probably a week trying to put the shifter together, and I gave up on that. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. there, yeah, there's just some parts that are just hard. I mean, I appreciate when I see it done by other people what they do to their cars. And I'm just like, man, I don't know how you did it, but it looks awesome. Exactly. When done right, it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I just, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is, is that like, it's not like we're in a, in a crazy rush. Like we have all this time, right? And we're just exactly. kind of taking it day by day and, and week by exactly. week on, on these builds. Exactly. That's cool. When, um, when do you ever reach like a period of time where you kind of take a break, like just to kind of refresh where you say, all right, I'm not going to, you know, dabble in any 3D printing or any kind of building. I just kind of want to, you know, refresh my mind and then jump back into it. With design, that has to happen a lot. Um, design is a lot more brain power than I have at times. So when you're, when you're actually drawing it out on the CAD program, that I, I can quickly get to a point where I need to step away from this or it's just going to ruin and it won't be to where I can save it. Um, printing the stuff, I mean, that's, it's operating the printers, pushing buttons is all that it is. So that's not too big of a deal. I pretty much build every night or every other night. Um, I don't have a... TV shows that I watch and stuff like that. And modeling is kind of a place for a video game addiction that I could easily have again. And I can spend five or six hours a night uh, building where I can spend five or six hours a night gaming, um, which is probably smarter for my head building, of course. Mm. Right on. And um, when um, when you were doing like gaming, like you know back then, were you building too, or, or it was it was kind of like that was turned off for a while, while you were just that was turned off for a while. Okay. Uh, so to to bridge the gap, uh, went to college. I went to college in Phoenix, and I built while I was in college, and I built probably sixty or seventy cars in eleven months' time. Dang. Um, yeah. I did schoolwork. I did uh, 
a full-time job and I built model cars. That's about all that I ended up with. Uh, when I graduated, I found that I do enjoy to party and I did a little bit of that. Um, then I came back to Idaho and uh, met a woman and uh, I've been in Idaho since. Nice. So it's, it's really good though. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. And, you know, with, with now, you know, with Instagram, you know, we go on yes. there every day. We see, you know, everybody busting out, you know, whether it's like a new product or a, a current build, like the status showing us where they're at at the point and some complete builds. You know, do you, do you find Instagram, like the, the model community, be like very inspiring every day? Very much so. Very much so. Um, I'm in a really good group of people in Instagram that really want to bring the creativity, creativity to a next level. And you can look at a, look, Brandon's paint jobs for once. I cannot believe how deep his paint jobs have been the last three or four builds that he's done just mm -hmm. in improving to improving improving and i get to see him daily which is really cool too He'll, he sends me pictures all the time on it so it's it's really awesome for that part and the creative part and the the community part of it is is awesome it is exactly what i needed yeah yeah you know seeing like how you said about his paint jobs like he keeps busy pushing and pushing and it just keeps, you know, like, I'm like, damn, like, I never seen that before, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, I feel like he's experimenting on stuff, but the execution is coming out dope, you know, that I'm like, wait a minute, like, you know, it makes, it, it almost like it makes you feel like, like you do have that freedom to do what you want, you know, exactly. and express yourself exactly. in that paint. 100% express yourself in the paint. There's, that is it is perfect. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, you know, every day I, I go on, um, even if, like, let's just say if there's some hours that I don't go on, but then when I jump on, it's like I have to scroll. I have to keep scrolling down, like, to see what I missed, you know? Oh, and yes. Because, and then now I just feel like there's just so much content coming up, coming up, coming up, that then you see a post, and then you just have to go on the person's page, and then you realize, man, I'm what the heck? They've already posted I'm, like two or three prior to this. I've missed, I've missed like three weeks of this build and I don't <laughs> understand. How did you get from there to here? Yeah. <laughs> and I missed them all, but it's easy to find, which is really good. Yeah. No, yeah. And then, you know, you guys uh, together also are, um, are hosting the uh, Now or Never build off as well. Yes, we are. Um, yes, we are. You know, explain to us about that for the listeners i know i you know with brandon and that episode we have talked about it but I, it's all i don't know I, I always uh get excited hearing about the build-offs the the build-offs are the biggest draw for me it, it really is um so i'm gonna step you back one step there further um when i quit gaming and started model building all I did was the build-offs. Um, they weren't on Instagram. They were on Facebook. Uh, one to two-month times, 
just build, 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 build. Um, I did that since 2012. Now, in 2019, when I decided to start the business, I was fresh into Instagram. Um, a friend from Facebook had sent me towards Andy McQueen, which Andy and Brandon are the ones that started Now or Never. And I bought some parts from Andy. There were some decals that he had shipped over for me. Really cool. Everything was awesome. Um, then they told me about this build-off. I said, I'll supply it for you. I'll supply parts for it. And that's how the whole thing started with me and Brandon. And then after not too long, they said, why don't you help us be an admin? You're, you're, you're always in the chats. You're always talking. And uh, I got into that, that part there. And me and Brandon work so well together that uh, it's I, I don't see an end to it stopping. I, up, up, up. That's definitely the way it's going to go. Yeah, that's cool. And, you know, as far as, um, like, doing the build-offs now, um, you know, this year, it, you know, when you reflect back at this year, like 2022, does it kind of just trip you out, like, all the the people that participated in it, people – you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people who did it reach goals, like they learned something, something where they wanted to take that build. And part of that motivation came from you guys from hosting this build off. I, I hope so. I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why we do it is to to help everybody out there and to help the hobby as a whole. Yeah, because it's also like a like a jump starter for someone who's just coming back from, you know, building who stopped back then and wants to get back into it. Or just someone who's like, you know what? I, I really want to like push myself and commit to wanting to complete something in two months. And that's been a, a bit of a challenge at times throughout the, throughout the years of the build offs is you have, you have the very experienced builder that wants to compete at a very high level. And then you have the people that are just coming back, whether it be because of retirement, because of injury, because of COVID, because of any of it, that they, they've really had a hard time being on a, a level field, if that makes sense. Um, we, we did start a juniors build off in the ideas that it isn't competition-based and it isn't necessarily prize-based, it's more skills-based. And it's supposed to be the, the intermediate so that some of these guys that are, that are coming back and fresh can have some, some helpful stepping stones to be able to play with the big guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, you could look back, you know, at a, at a year, particular year that you entered the build off and you realize, Hey, during that time when I was in that build off, you know, so-and-so was in it too. And, and these are like some high level experience builders, you know, and, and to some people that, you know, that are paying attention to that, it can mean a lot to exactly. be participating, you know, doing something uh, together because, um, you know, we're, we're all like 
spread out, right? Like far away. We all live in different states, different cities, and others live farther away out of the U.S. that participate in these. But we're all like, you know, everyone still has this connection, talking to each other online. But then again, you know, everyone who's who's in this build off, um, you're you're sharing something. You're you're a part of something. We're one big happy family. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, I I still think about when I joined Instagram back then and to where it's at now. And you do see times where there's some people who kind of drop out for a while. And you don't see them um, active online. But then, you know, you'll see them again. They pop up and you're like, dude, like, what the heck? Like, where you been? But now I feel like it's a little more than that. I feel like now... People have, we all, we have each other's phone numbers. We got our emails, you know, we're connected on like on Facebook, on something. So like if a person drops out of Instagram for a while, you could still hit them up right away just to check up, reach out, what's up, what's going on. Like, I feel like the, the relationships, the connections are a little bit more deeper now than just, oh, well, I'll just wait till he's online and we'll chat online. I I can agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's crazy. What are like your plans for next year? You know, we're we're this year's pretty much already a wrap. You know, we're we're entering twenty twenty three pretty soon, and you know, a lot of the times, you know, we could see the the beginning of a new year as like a, a motivational thing, as to you know, I want to do something different, or I want to add this to my list of things that I want to get done. Uh, for you, you know, have you thought about uh, 2023 as far as like something that you want to tackle uh in the building side of it not so much i would like to attend more shows next year than i did last year and most definitely the years before um i love to go to shows i love to shop at the vendors i love to see new products that people have got and stuff like that and that's uh, definitely a missing part. I'd like to do some more of that next year. Um, we've got a couple of really cool years set up both in the model car build off and in now or never with themes. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know, um, regarding like the shows, that's another topic mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up. Like where you live, in your area are there uh like a lot of shows throughout the year or how how's that like out there so i live in the largest city in idaho um every other year there's a show in boise it's put on by the local ipms group and for a lot of different reasons i usually don't attend that one um then there's a show like seven hours north of me and i think that's every other year as well seattle i've been to there to to go to shows i've been to portland to go to shows i've been to colorado to go to shows i've been to salt lake to go to shows i've been to vegas to go to shows so it just means a lot of driving for me damn i was gonna say man you're, you're like driving far you're busting those missions uh we went to colorado twice this year and uh it's a long drive yeah like how many hours is that to colorado each way 
Oh wow. Team one white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Right on. You know, um, it's a trip because like uh like for where I live, uh the farthest show that I could say like that I've been to is like NNL West, which is like in Northern California and it's only like yeah. like close to a six hour drive. And I don't know, sometimes I think, Oh, it's like it's far or whatever. It's really not that far, you know? <laughs> so to Reno, which is the Nevada side of uh, that road, basically, if you continue on that road, that would take you into Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nine hours from my house to Reno, and then probably another three hours, I would guess, to Sacramento from Reno. Mm-hmm. Man, are you gonna? Are you considering possibly going to NNOS next year? Um, it doesn't really work on my weekend, but I would mm-hmm. like to. Yeah. Um, I, I would probably fly in. So I don't, I'd maybe take one or two builds type of a thing. I don't, I don't think the airline is going to be too, uh, too helpful to my fragile stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. um, I've had success mailing kits to Brandon. Um, there was a show that I couldn't go to in Colorado and I mailed him a couple of my builds and then I picked them up when I was there a month later. And I've had success with that before. Um, it is a risk, of course. Yeah. Uh, but I I sent kits that, I mean, if they get broke, I, I'll just build another one. Yeah. Dang. I remember um, oh, one of the homies, H-Town Model Shop from Texas, really yeah. had sent, he had sent me um, a box with like, I want to say, I don't know if it was two or, or three of his, I think it was two of his cars over to me to take to shows out here because he was, he wasn't able to come out. And uh, man, I remember he sent them out in this big box and like, you know, they were packed, like all protected and everything. Right. Yep. And, and he even paid extra with, with the, the company that he shipped them to, to handle them with care and all this stuff. And, and man, they still, they did not listen. They still like bang these, this box up. You know, yep. when I got it, I was like, yo, like I, before I even opened it, I was already taking photos of the box and I was hitting them up and being like, dude, you got to check out the box. But I opened everything. Everything looked fine. But there was like some small stuff, you know, the antennas and side view mirrors that were like that fell, you know, and um, it's really hard to protect those when you, oh, when you transport. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, but I told him, don't worry, you know, I'll uh I'll glue, glue the things on carefully. And I just remember, like, pulling that stuff out, clearing my bench, and making sure I did everything very carefully because I'm like, these aren't my models, you know? And it's super stressful. Stressful responsibility right here. Like, I got to yep. make sure this is cool. Did it. And then even that, taking them to the shows, um, I remember being like, all right, I'm going to set up his models first, and then I'm going to set up mine but setting up uh, his models were a little bit, I was a bit more stressed doing that. You know, uh, I'm over here putting on a glove to like handle them, um, like that cotton glove. And um, yep. in mine, uh, mine, I was just grabbing them, you know, like whatever, like putting them here and there. But for his, I was like, nah, like, you know, and, you know, once it was, <laughs> once it was all said and done, I had to just pack everything all carefully and, 
when the time came to ship them back, I remember even taking photographs of when I opened it just to see uh-huh. how he packed it because I was going like, all right, when I put his stuff back in, I got to like pack in all that extra like stuff that he put in there for protection. <laughs> and uh, exactly. I just want to make sure everything fits cool. But dude, it it was, <laughs> it was pretty stressful right there. Um, I've transported a couple of builds for uh, some of my, we kind of have this little local club and uh, it's mainly, we just get together. We trade some kits. We talk about how everybody's lives going and, uh, and stuff like that. No, no, uh, no competition in any part of that. But I took a couple of uh, Dennis's cars to Seattle to a show over there. And uh, I kind of have a, a interesting way that I transport my models, and I have yet to have it uh, fail on me, knock on wood, of course. Um, but I pack them in a cooler, and then I make sure that the coolers pack tight with uh, towels so that nothing can move around in there, and it seems to insulate them and does really good, especially on like bumpy roads and stuff like that that I've, I've been very successful with that for nice. long distance transportations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's, it's very, um, I don't know, like you gotta be very careful with these cars, you know? Um, yes. and, and just mailing them is like, it's kind of like nerve wracking, like a headache, like, Oh, I hope every, everything goes good. But the transporting thing, like if you could do that drive, I think you'll be fine you know definitely um so like you're going to all these shows in different states like different areas all around like your radius but like in different directions um have you always done this like throughout the years attending different shows uh 20 2014 was the first time i started venturing out to shows Mm -hmm. And that was to Seattle. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, like when you're, when you're on your way to the show, obviously, you know, you're excited, you're looking forward to it and you're pumped leaving the show. Does it feel like, do you ever feel like, man, it feels like it's taking forever to get home or because you're probably tired or something, or are you feeling like pretty still like inspired? Like, man, I can't wait to get home and work on some stuff. Um, so we have a, a, a way that we look at at it here in my family that if we're going to go somewhere, we make a mini vacation out of it. So we very rarely do a a back and forth run. We'll stay a day or two and go and see some of the sites and stuff like that. So that way my wife and my daughter can, uh, they, they only have to endure one little bit of the vacation that uh, is not their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or some cool stuff. <laughs> That's tight. Dude, um I I've been thinking about that too. Like, cause how, how old's your daughter? Uh she is fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, okay. Yeah, my, my daughter's two right now. And I know right now she she won't even trip. She's happy wherever she goes, you know? Exactly. Uh <laughs> but I already know that once they reach, you know, start reaching like teenage years, it's different. It's like they're, they're going to speak up, you know, 
Um, but I was like already kind of thinking about that. Like, all right, you know, next year I want to attend more shows. But I know as, as she as she grows, I kind of have to somehow, like what you're doing, like plan it. Like it's like a family trip, you know, where it's so, like, or you got to tell me, you break break it down. What, what do you recommend? So for for a uh, this is what we did. Um, this was a few years back. Um, so probably 2018. Yeah, 2017 or 2018. Um, we drove from Boise to Las Vegas, which is uh, 11 hours, 12 hours, something along the lines of that. Um, we spent, we, the first day was, the sh was a show in Vegas. Then we spent three quarters of that week in Vegas exploring. So we went and we saw all the sites. We went and saw the Hoover Dam. We ate at really fancy places. We went and saw shows and stuff like that and had a really fun vacation. And then on the way back, um, right up the, the I-15 is Salt Lake. And we stayed and we did GSL, which it just happened to work out on our thing. So in two weeks, I went to two shows and had one huge vacation out of it. Oh, that sounds so good. So awesome. And, and then again, since, you know, you... Um had family time right like doing all these things together all these building up these memories you don't feel as like bad you know meaning like like that this was just about you and this these shows right that it's almost like you didn't offer nothing to your family it's like nah like we made this a family trip and everybody's happy exactly exactly we we went and we saw things we That's experienced dope. life together mm -hmm. and that that's really for me, that's the best way that I can do it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense, man. Thanks for sharing that, too. No worries. No worries. Because, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's um, one of those things, you know, like, like we, you know, as modelers, we know why we love this stuff. You know, we know why we have these connections and we want to do all these things. And, and you know, you want to drive far. And, and, like, sometimes, you know, whether it's, our significant others, our wives, or or even a, a family member they, th that doesn't build or anything, right? They sometimes don't understand. Like, they know we're passionate, they know we're into it, but they're kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want to do that, you know? But then, but you still want to involve them into it, you know? Exactly, and, exactly. And it's like, that's just the best thing you could do right there. It's like, all right, let's make a, a family trip out of it. You know, that way everyone's happy. And at the same time, like, we we get to experience something together. Exactly. Exactly. You go you go and you see the Space Needle together. You go and, I mean, car museums, that's something that I, I we also do. So whatever, whatever town you're going to, you got to see the car museum that's there. And you eat at the fancy restaurants. You have good family time and it's it is really a lot it, it's worth it mm -hmm. have um have you and like brandon ever met up like in person like just to like build or just chill um i don't think we've ever built together mm -hmm. i mean we've built many a times over video chat okay um but uh brandon was in the middle of his move between uh, Colorado and 
Washington. And Boise's right in the middle of that. Mm. So he would always stop by my house and uh, we would uh, talk and have a good time. And it was a good good way for him to stretch his legs and, uh, you know, get ready for the next leg of his journey. Yeah. And uh, he did that a couple of times. And then in, I think it was April, I went over there to that show. And I went alone that time. And it was just a, a drive over. Uh, I spent a day hanging out with Brandon and then uh, drove home. And then the second time that we went, me and my wife went. And we stayed at the the fancy casino hotel that's there in Denver or outside of Denver. And it was really fun. We had a good time. And uh, Brandon and his girlfriend, they, they come up to where we were staying at. And we had dinner, and we had, uh, and we walked around and uh, played the machines a little bit, and just had a good time together. Modeling brought us together, but that's not what why we're there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's it's more than than the building, you know. It's it's uh it's, it's that friendships right there. Exactly. Yeah, that's dope, man. Yeah, because I, I I was wondering like you know, how far you probably were from him, but then I figured, oh, you guys are probably not too far from each other. It's, uh, he's on the, like, middle of the Rockies, and I'm on the desert side of the Rockies. Mm-hmm. Dang, dang, you guys, you guys live in, in area, I've never even been out there, bro. Like, I, I've traveled, it's weird, like, I've traveled to, like, farther, like, places, but I've never really explored my country. <laughs> <laughs> the U.S., which is kind of kind of strange. Uh, my wife grew up that way, that she had been a lot of places, but she hadn't seen anything that was there. Mm-hmm. And um, then when we got together, that's that's how my family did vacations. So if we did a vacation, it was a driving vacation, and you stopped and you saw all the little stuff that was on the on the way there, and that really was a lot of fun to introduce her to with that one we went back to Iowa for a wedding so we went through the Black Hills and saw the, all the monuments through there and it was so much fun and it's it's really a a different way to look at it and it's it's a lot of fun and it's so worth it mm-hmm. that's cool and and um, as far as like when you travel to all these places or even in your area, is there um, do you come across like a lot of hobby stores? So um, within like a mile and a half of me, I have a Hobby Lobby, and about two miles away, it's I think the only Hobby Town in the state, hmm. and that's about it. Yeah. Man, yeah, I've I've never been to a hobby town. Um, there's none around here where I live. There's, oh, really? There's only hobby lobbies around. There's okay. there's there's a couple that are like 30 minutes away from different, um, like one north and one south from where I'm at, and and even a little further more north. There's there's another one. So, um, those are as far as like a, a big like chain those are the the only ones that i've i've been to but we do have there's like a not a few there's probably more um maybe like six hobby stores but they're different like some cater to 
like Gundam stuff, and then others just do like pretty much a little bit of everything, you know, with the cars, military, aircraft, and and Gundams too. And we have one here that is dedicated solely to to RC stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and um, you know, once in a while it's cool to like like for me, like I like to like still see stuff and like get excited, like you know, even though like I could have like an online store like selling stuff, like I still. Once in a while, go to uh, we have like a Chinatown right here in downtown LA, and I like to look at all the Gundam stuff and just kind of <laughs> geek out. Like, and then I'm always like, oh, like you know, they got this this Gundam kit or, or a tool or something, you know. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it right now. Like, why not? So, um, but now it's uh, I, I've, I'm I'm always like curious about you know what's out there because I hear you know people say like. You know, some of the local shops are closed in my area, or I don't have any local shops. And we had some uh, hobbies are not geared toward plastic models in Idaho. There's there's plenty of other hobbies that take a higher precedence of people's time. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the one that I chose that I like. So it kind of all works out. Yeah. Man, man, I, I hope... Um, if not next year, but, you know, maybe in, in the following year that you guys come out to California, it'd be, it'd be like pretty neat and like cool to like see you guys at a show, uh, meet up. Um, is, is there any other, um, uh, cause you had mentioned the GSL show. Yep. Um, it, there's another one coming up, right? That are, are you going to be going to that next year? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. We are definitely going to that one. Yeah. Exactly. I, uh, I think. Brandon was talking about something like that. Is it in May? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. probably the same show then that he was uh, yeah. telling me about. All right. Yeah, man. And if not, maybe I need to get out of the state <laughs> and explore out there, you know? Um, that would be pretty cool. And, you know, but now knowing, you know, and like the tips you shared, thanks for that. I, I definitely, um, you know, want to, would definitely want to bring my family. Yes, exactly. Because it's it, there's it's a family family event. Mm, yeah, because when when my daughter was like like one year old, um, you know she she was really wasn't no fan of like car rides. Like with with <laughs> she's in her car seat, and already thirty minutes pass, and she's already like complaining, like wanting to get out of the seat, you know. And well, my daughter's my daughter's completely opposite to that. When when she was growing up, I had mud tires on my Bronco. Mm -hmm. The best way to put her to sleep was those rough riding tires. <laughs> yeah. Out. Hey. Yeah, after <laughs> out, dude. She, this one right here would want to get out, and then I'm like, all right. And we would be talking about it, going like, dude, I don't think we're gonna be able to do like long trips. Like if we were wanted to go to like San Francisco or something, like how's she gonna hang? We're going to have to get off the car like every 30 minutes or an hour. Like, how's that going to work? Uh, but now, wow. now she's, she's pretty chill now. Like now, you know, we, we go like a couple hours and you know, she, she's chill and then she'll fall asleep. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know how she'll do if, any, if it's anything longer than that, you know, definitely probably have to pull over or something and take a break. My daughter didn't really have a choice. She had to learn that um, in the car there was not much that could be done. 
at the point in time when she was born, uh, we lived in like a suburb town, but it was two towns over. So it was 44 miles one way, but that was a 45 minute drive. And as soon as you get on the freeway, there's no place to get off. So she quickly became accustomed to, well, there's nothing that I can do there. We, we can't stop to, to come out. And since then, that really helped her out. And it was out of a, a necessity that that's just where we lived at. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that's interesting. And as far as, um, you know, going back to like the, 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 the 3D stuff, um, uh-huh. do you, do you like, you know, how, how, how does it feel knowing like, you know, like for the JDM import stuff, like engines and, and things of that sort, um, do you like it, you know, in, incorporating that into your builds? Cause you know, most of these, most of those kits don't even come with any engines. Um, I do like making a, a curbside and non-curbside, um, but I also like leaving a curbside to curbside at times too. Mm-hmm. Um, the the amount of JDM stuff is amazing. That's that's out there and can be had. And if you piece stuff together, it works really really well. Um, back on my feed, uh, probably like a week and a half ago or so, there's a JDM engine that's on there. That's in a a bluish purple uh, cage work. Okay. All yeah. of that is 3D printed. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Have, um, like, regarding, like, the wide body stuff, is that pretty hard to design? Uh, like, for any uh, JDM, you know, model, like, if you want to do your own, kind of take your own design? So, design-wise, I couldn't really tell you because I have yet to design one that is actually works. Um, I've tried three or four times and I just can't get the right look, but most of the Oberfenders you can make work to most any car just with a, a little bit of extra work, a little bit of extra uh, pressure and some heat. You can roll that resin to where it actually fits the body line that you're working with. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I've always uh, I wondered about like wide bodies and then also like engine bays. You know, just mm-hmm. just having um, like an engine bay, three uh, D printed to to insert into the car. There's there's a couple of them that are out there. Um, the the tube frame is a insert for the Tumia R thirty two GTR. And it's created by 19th scale, I believe is what his name is. 19th 3D. And it's really, really good. It, it looks apart. It's engineered really, really well. Um, and you cut the old engine bay out. And this one glues in its place. That's cool. You know, I, I wanted to mention, I like those, uh, those confetti interior patterns that you use. Is that a is that like a water water slide decal or, or is it just kind of more of a print that you laid on there? That's a that's a toothpick. Oh what? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's a toothpick. Yeah, it looks it looks tight. 
Um, so that that pattern mm -hmm. is the HKS oil slick pattern. Mm. Yeah, it looks nice. And I just started doing it. I did that on uh, the prelude that I built for uh, a build off earlier this year. And it was a tryout. It was one of those those times I'm working on the interior, working on it. I'm trying to, to perfect a new skill. The same way that, that Brandon's been doing with these, these paint jobs, just trying something out, seeing if it works. And I really liked it, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I wanted to recreate it for this car because I thought that the wildness of the wide body of the the big horsepower engine bay and confetti interior, I thought, just fit. Yeah, it looks cool. All, all these models, uh, when you get them completed, um, how, how do you display them? Uh, I went to Ikea and I bought one of their big display cases and that's how I display them. Nice. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I, I don't have a big display case. I just kind of put them in those like smaller plastic uh, cases, those individual ones. Yes. I mean, they, they work for me right now, but I don't have a space, but I think in the future, um, if I have a space, a proper space, I definitely want would want to get something bigger to just kind of put them all in there. Uh, so the display cabinet that I have is probably uh, three foot wide. It's probably six and a half feet tall. It's got uh, like six shelves in it but it's expandable to where I could go and get some more glass and put more, more shelves in it. And it, it works out really good. And I had like four different little China closets that I had a couple of cars here and a couple of cars there that I liquidated and I just made one. That's my display case. And that is model car only. Mm. That's cool. And, you know, as far as like your like the paints that you use on your bench, like for your builds, uh, like the Tamiya ones, are you using like the lacquers or is it more the acrylic? So, uh, my hobby town here has not decided to buy the lacquer stuff. Mm -hmm. So to get the lacquer stuff, I have to buy it elsewhere. Which my one of my last orders from you was for a bunch of lacquer Tamiya stuff. But I like the lacquer stuff a lot better. Yeah, more more than the the acrylic. Yep, the acrylics are really really nice. Mm -hmm. They made it even better with the lacquer line. Dang, yeah, because um, I I remember when um uh, before I acquired it, like started getting it in, um, my friend George Vision One Twenty Four was like, dude, you need to get those lacquers. I've been hearing great yeah. things and and whatnot and. Later, he had gotten some, but he was highly recommending them. and um, But I couldn't get them yet. Like, it was just kind of taking a while uh, for them to, yep. to get. And then once they were available, I was like, all right, I'm just going to start with the basic, like, colors, like the first numbers. And yep. and then I'll start um, adding more as I go because there's, there's just a lot, a lot of different um, colors in the range and the numbers. So um, I'm still building up on that catalog uh, there, but I um, I have heard great things of the paint. 
I I will I will vouch for them one hundred percent. If I can use those, I will definitely use those. Yeah, I I just need to start getting like the the bigger um, jars of uh, of the lacquer, the Tamiya lacquer. Um, okay. Because right now I only have like the little small ones, but I need to get those bigger ones. I, just... I don't mind the I don't mind the small ones actually. They they work really good for just enough paint to get a good project going. Um, granted, I still do a lot of detail brush paint with it. Um, I don't. I have yet to airbrush the Tamiya lacquer. Yeah, I, but... I, I've used it for brush. Um, like brush painting, like little uh, little details on there. But yeah, I haven't I haven't airbrushed it yet. I'm sure that it airbrushes like like any other lacquer does. Yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. You got like so many dope builds, bro. Like so many different projects. It's crazy. That's pretty sick, man. Yeah, I mean just. You know, keep doing your thing. Keep keep it up, like, because I'm sure with with the builds and things that you're doing, you're definitely inspiring a lot of people, right there. You know, and um, and it's just like, you know, keep expanding and learning everything that you're doing, especially with the 3D printing, because um, I'm sure in the future you're gonna come out with some stuff that I'm pretty sure it's gonna benefit the community as well. I, I hope so. I mean, that's that's the uh, what's the what's the saying? If you're if you're not learning, you're dying. I think is what they say it is. <laughs> and I try to learn something yeah. in in every situation that I can. Whether it whether it be a new technique, whether it be modifying the old way that I was doing it, um, with three D printing, asking questions. Um, there's quite a few people that that I've asked questions to that have have really been such a huge part of my success. And then there's times that I thought I I knew what I was doing, and I start learning a little bit more. And no, I didn't know anything of what I was doing. I was doing it all backwards and just getting lucky enough to complete it. So it's it's you you got to try, you miss you miss a hundred percent of the chances you don't take. So there's no reason not to take a chance. Yeah, no, you're right. Is there um is there any uh any shout outs any final words before we wrap up this episode that you would like to share, uh, with us? I would like to thank everybody that's helped me along the way, and. Let me learn and just made this world a better place. And this is a hobby that we all have such love for that we can all share. And it's so nice. I'd like to thank Brandon and my, my admin teams over at uh, now or never. And at, uh, the model car i'd like to thank you for having me on here this has been awesome i've had a great time that's cool thanks mike i mean this this was this was awesome uh talking with you and you know i look forward to uh to you know having you back on in the future you know who knows man maybe we could uh 
we we could get all three of you guys on the admins together. Um, I think I think um, that'd be awesome. You know, that'd be pretty cool to have you guys like like chop it up too and stuff like that. You know, to see that dynamic, pretty much. Um, you know, keep keep up the good work with your builds, three D printing, and also you know with the build ops as well. Um, you know, they're they're very key, definitely very key for for a lot of model builders. There's a lot of pluses and and just things that come out of that right there yes you know yes, and, uh, 100%. And, and for the listeners if you, you guys want to check out mike's work um, on instagram it's at northwind customs 208 so make sure you check him out on there um, i will link his instagram um, page to the show notes and also when i uh, post the episode um, on instagram i'm going to tag him as well so you guys can uh Check out his work and make sure you follow as well. So, uh, thank you, man. I I hope you have a good night and uh, let, we'll keep in touch. Always, always. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. <laughs>